from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to a Baha'i Perspective. Today I'm playing an interview with Gustav Basungu. Gustav hails from Cameroon. He's an accomplished hand drummer from a tradition of drummers from his family. He travels around the country sharing his music. In fact, he's on the road more than he's at home. He calls himself a 21st century nomad. Gustav collaborated with other musicians to create the CD called The Flight. We hear in this interview Gustav's story as well as the background for the songs on the CD. I started the interview by asking Gustav where he grew up and what was it like growing up there. Oh, I grew up in Cameroon, the country in West Central Africa. I was born in a little village in the southwest of the country called Bongongo 1, which is the village of my father. And that village is not too far from that of my mother, which is Bongongo 2. My mother's village and my dad's village are very close. So I kind of grew up in both villages in a sense. And my childhood, I would say, was idyllic you know, for me. I grew up in an area which is part of the rainforest of Cameroon. And although when I was growing up, the most of the forest was gone because we have a huge agricultural company called Pamol. They grow palms and they make oil and they export it. So a lot of the farmers around that area will also grow palms. So the villages were surrounded by palm plantations, but you have areas of you know forest and secondary forest and uh, the natural original forest. And so yeah, so that's the surrounding of my, my villages, very green, uh, hilly. And uh, as a child, after school, we played a lot in the fields and helped out in the farms. And so basically, I went to school, come back home, do my chores, and go out and play. Uh, soccer in Cameroon is a big thing. Almost, some people say it's a religion, actually. So, uh, yeah, that's what I did, playing soccer, especially in the rain. I think it was my favorite thing to play soccer in the rain. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's my childhood. It, yeah. Was, yeah, it was fun. We made our own toys and played marbles and competed with each other and we did hopscotch and games like that. So mm-hmm. a lot of outside play. Did you have any other interests growing up? Other interests growing up? I think just because of the nature of the family, there was a lot of storytelling and music and drumming especially within the family, on both sides of the family. And so as a child, I don't know if it was an interest, but it's just something I did. And so playing the drums and singing, because it was very common, it's part of the, the culture. And so it's something I did for fun. And uh, in school, I, I did a little bit of drawing. So I draw some pictures for my friends and things like that. So, but it was just something I did. I, I wouldn't consider it an interest per se. It was just, you know, you grow up and you, as a child, you, you do different things. Those were some of the things that I did growing mm-hmm. up, yeah. And what was spiritual life like growing up? Spiritual life was very exciting. And my family is very spiritual. My immediate family is Baha'i. But my extended family is Christian. And one of my uncles actually is a pastor. 
I grew up in my grandfather's house, my paternal grandfather's house with my cousins and aunts and uncles. So we all lived in the same house. And my uncle, when he came back, you know, from his training as a pastor, he built a church behind the house, you know. So we had a church <laughs> in our compound. So early in the morning, he would go into the church and he, uh, his congregants would come in and they would sing and play the drums. So spirituality for me growing up was an exciting thing. It was musical. It was a lot of singing, not only within my Baha'i family, but also my extended family. Mm -hmm. And so prayer was not something very quiet. It was something loud, per se. And what were the the dynamics between those of your Christian family versus those of your uh, Baha'i family? Uh, From the spiritual point of view, I think the accepted us as, you know, being Baha'is. They didn't push it a lot on us. But at the same time, you know, they wished that we were Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my grandfather, paternal grandfather, was the first Baha'i. And because of his position in the family, everybody kind of respected uh, the decision that uh, my father and his kids uh, were Baha'is. So everybody kind of respected that. They weren't hostile. Uh, they just accepted the fact mm-hmm. that we were Baha'is. Mm-hmm. And uh, they hoped that we would come back to Christianity, per se. Mm-hmm. And on my mother's side, my maternal great-uncle was the first one who became Baha'i. On my mother's side, my mother and my mother's immediate senior, my uncle, are the Baha'is of the family. So in my mother's side as well, they kind of accepted the fact that they were Baha'is and just let them be as Baha'is. And yeah, so there was no hostility, at least from the way I saw it. And we interacted very well. We celebrated all the major Christian holidays and Baha'i holidays. I remember in the city, my one of my aunts, uh, my mother's younger sister, she lived in a village not too far from the city that I grew up, which is called Kumba in the southwest of the country. And during uh, Christian holidays, we'll go to her house and we'll help her and cook and you know carry out the celebrations. And during Baha'i in the holidays, she would come to our house and help us and help my mom and would do all the preparations and the cleaning and cooking. And so it was a mutual, you know, respect for, you know, for the religions. Yeah. When did drumming become an important part of your life? Uh, drumming has always been an important part of my life. I really can't put a finger on the exact point, but it's something I grew up uh, in the family. I remember in terms of performing, I started performing using the drum and singing when I was about four years old. Because growing up in a Baha'i family, and I grew up in the village with my grandfather and grandmother, so I'll go to Baha'i meetings and conferences and summer schools and and youth conferences. So my grandfather would teach me songs and encourage me to play those songs for Baha'i gatherings. So when I was about four years old, and so he just taught me a few songs in my native language, uh, Barambi, and he would encourage me to sing those songs, you know, for different Baha'i occasions. So that's how I grew up. And uh, so drumming mm-hmm. has always been part of my life. But I think I would say seven years ago, I made the decision to consecrate my life to music and make it a full, some people say, my lifestyle, per se, mm-hmm. you know, to travel and share my music and play the drum and sing and write songs. So I made that decision as a full-time commitment uh, to music that was seven years ago. But mm-hmm. it's always been part of my life. It's always been part of my family's life, right. you know, growing up singing and with my sisters and brothers and father and mother and everybody around me. 
So before we leave Cameroon, can you tell me about how many Baha'is were in these two villages where your paternal grandfather lived and your maternal uncle? Yeah, my maternal uncle, yeah. Um, I don't know the exact number because it kind of fluctuates. My family became Baha'is in the early 70s. So my maternal great-uncle and paternal grandfather became Baha'is in the early 70s. So there was a good number of Baha'is in the village. Uh, I think in my mother's village, I think then there were maybe about 10 Baha'is. In my dad's village, maybe about the same number. The villages are very small. My dad's village, when I was growing up, I think the most was maybe a 1,000 people. My mom's village is smaller than that, mm. I think maybe 500 people. So it's it was a very small village, and everybody knew everybody. And But in Cameroon, in general, there's a lot of Baha'is in Cameroon. I think right now there are over 50,000 Baha'is in Cameroon, you know, of a population of about 20 million. You know. So it's a very active, uh, growing Baha'i population in Cameroon. And what were the circumstances that brought you to the United States? I would say friends. Being Baha'i in the, in the Baha'i faith, we are encouraged to be of service to humanity because that's the one of the goals of the Baha'i faith is to be of service. And we consider service as worship. You know, Baha'u'llah says that work done in the spirit of service, service is worship. And as young people, we are encouraged to travel the world and go to different communities and be of service. So a good number of uh, young Baha'is from the United States came to Cameroon for the Youth Year of Service and we became friends. And one of them was very instrumental in having me come to the United States. When I, I left Cameroon and went to Haifa, Israel, where we have the administrative and spiritual headquarters of the Baha'i faith. Worldwide. Worldwide. I went there for my service and I spent a year and a half there. And so she knew that I was there, and she invited me to come to the U.S. So that's how I came to the U.S., through this friend of mine, who had come to Cameroon in the 90s for her youth year of service. So you had said about seven years ago you had decided to consecrate your life to your art, Mm -hmm. which is drumming. Mm -hmm. Was that soon after you came to the United States? Yes, I made the decision when I came to the United States, yeah. So there's a CD that you... I guess, collaborated with other people mm-hmm. called The Flight. Yes. Maybe you could explain when that CD was produced and before that, what was the inspiration for creating the CD? Uh, the inspiration for creating the CD, The Flight, I had been traveling a while, going to different communities and playing, and people have always encouraged me to meet other musicians. And I remember I went to Santa Fe one year, and one of the friends I met said, Oh, you have to meet my brother. And his name is Ali Yousefi. And he's a fantastic musician. Oh, you have to meet him. So it so happens, a year later, I met uh, Ali Yousefi at a Baha'i conference in Orlando, Florida. And we met and I said, oh, your sister had told me about you. And so we kind of connected. And I said, oh, what are you doing next summer? What are you doing this summer? The conference was in December. So I asked him, what are you doing the following summer? The following summer, we traveled together uh, in the West uh, from uh, New Mexico all the way to Washington State. People were asking, oh, you do you have a CD as a group? I was traveling. The CD that I had was a collaboration I had done with two guitarists in Oklahoma City. And Ali had his own uh, personal CD that he had produced. So as a, as a group, as a collaboration, we didn't have any CD. And people were like, oh, you... You know, your music together is really wonderful. You should come up with a CD. 
So that's that's the seed of uh, the inspiration for coming up with the collaboration. And Ali then used to live in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, and he was playing with another uh, Baha'i musician. Her name is uh, Pam Hill, and she's a violinist. And so I went to Charlottesville, Virginia, and met with Ali and Pam, and we we sat together and said, well, we should come up with something. And we had a few songs, and each one of us you know, contributed to uh, the CD. And so that's how the collaboration was born. And uh, with the help of other friends who were excited about this project, and yeah, so it came out to be a, a wonderful collaboration and a fantastic project. And so now I travel and, you know, I share a lot of the songs from that uh, collaboration. One of the songs on the CD is actually called The Flight. Uh, why did you choose that song to be sort of the flagship of the CD? We always thought of this process of transformation. It's from the Baha'i writings. It talks about us being like a bird and you know we we were in the heavens then we're entrapped you know by the the things the material things and our wings are solid then finally we're able to shake off the wings and fly again so to us that was really a poignant uh, description of a life of transformation and we thought that would be uh, a good title for for the project actually Ali is the one who came up with the song called the flight and so we made it the title song and it was just it was an apt <laughs> description for for the project yeah all right well let's play this song as our first song And how 
having been in trial In the mesh of its desire Findeth itself important Resume its flight to the realms whence it Even as a bird which soars. 
Let's talk about the song Sweet Singing Birds. So tell me about that one. Yeah, Sweet Singing Birds, I think it's become one of the favorite songs in this uh, CD. And a lot of people ask me a lot about the song. I took quotations from, it's known within the Baha'i cycle as a marriage tablet. And a lot of people, when they get married, you know, in this period of love, uh, they read this writing. It talks about love and, you know, relationship and what happens in a marriage. So a friend of mine was getting married and she had asked me to write a song for, for their wedding. And I was thinking of, you know, what should I write? Actually, it's so funny, like two days before, <laughs> two days before the wedding, I, you know, I didn't have a song. You know, everything I'd written before wasn't, wasn't the description that I wanted for the wedding. And so I said, well, let me just look at the program that you know they, they had put together and i was looking at the program and i was i was thinking of this idea of two sweet singing birds you know it was just ringing in my mind two sweet singing birds and i decided well i think that's that would be appropriate that that's the best description of this new life that they are starting together so i went to that the so-called marriage tablet and you know picked out various parts of the you know of the tablet and put put it together and it became another song called Two Sweet Singing Birds. And I love this line. It says that, be like two sweet singing birds perched upon the highest branches, singing songs of love and rapture. And I thought, wow, that's <laughs> how best can you describe a wedding, you know, of two people coming together, celebrating their love and, and their life. So, yeah, that's Two Sweet Singing Birds. Thoughts must be lofty, your elders luminous, your mind spiritual, that your souls may become a dawning place for the sun of reality. Let your hearts be like unto two pure mirrors. Reflecting the stars of the heaven, love and beauty. Be like two sweet singing birds, etched upon the highest branches of the tree of life. In the air with songs of love and rapture Be like two sweet singing birds Pledged upon the highest branches of the tree of life Filling the air with songs of love and rapture
the lofty, you are the luminous, the mind spiritual that your souls may become. A dawning place for the sun of reality. Gustav, tell me about the song, The Subject. Oh, The Subject. That's another favorite. And I think a lot of people have been asking me and a good number of my friends have asked me to play that song for their, for their wedding. You know, the song is called The Subject Tonight is Love. And it's also a song about the celebration of love. And it has great insights about love. And I think being an artist and any musician, I think one of your highest goals is to write a great love song. And I had always wanted to write a great love song. And I was looking at my notes most of the time. I, I know I write things, but they were all cheesy love songs. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I, want to, I want to write something insightful, something meaningful about love. And to me, there are two groups of people in the world that have great insights about love. And they are the poets and mystic religious leaders. So I said to myself, well, I should look to the poets and the mystic religious leaders to get some insights or even use their words you know, to write a love song. So this is how the subject tonight came about. So a friend of mine had just introduced me to the poetry of Hafez. So I was reading the poetry of Hafez, and I read this poem of Hafez, which says that the subject tonight is love. And now I'm paraphrasing the, the poem, but it's a very short, sweet poem. It says that the subject tonight is love. I know of no other subject to say but love. And I thought that's really fantastic. Our life, you know, is all about love. You know, sharing, caring, you know, it boils down to love. And I thought that poem was, you know, it kind of drew me. And I said, well, I should write something about it. And so I took the poetry of, of Hafez and kind of paraphrased it so I could sing it. But it was very short. And I said, well, this is really short. I have to make, I have to look for a verse that's just a little bit longer. And in my mind, I said, yeah, I have a poet. I need a mystic religious leader to kind of complement the poetry and to great, give some great insights about love. And so I turned to Abdu'l-Bahá, 
who is the son of the prophet founder of the Baha'i faith, Baha'u'llah. And he's talked so much about love and his life is an exemplary demonstration of love. And so he, he's reading so much and he has some great insights about love. So I took some of the, the words of Abdul Baha on love. So I combined basically the poetry of Abdul Baha and the poetry of Hafez, you know, to bring about this song called The Subject Tonight is Love. I had written the, the melody, I had the melody and the chorus in mind. And so when I went to Charlottesville, I worked with Ali and Pam. And so we, we got the rest of the verse, you know, in shape and we recorded for this project. Yeah. All right. So the song, The Subject. The subject tonight, the subject tonight, the subject tonight is love the subject tonight the subject tonight the subject tonight is love I say matter of fact I know of no other words to say but love I say matter of fact I know of no other words to say but love Love is heaven's kindly light that vivifieth the human soul Love is a light that guideth in darkness uniteth God with man Love is a most great law Love is a spirit of life Unto the adorned body, adorned body of mankind Establisher of true civilization The shedder of imperishable glory Upon every high aiming race and nation Upon every high aiming race and nation Body adorned, body of mankind, establisher of true civilization, the shedder of imperishable glory upon every high aiming race and nation, upon every high aiming race and nation. Thank you. 
Gustav, tell me about the song Tamba. Tamba, I use the title Tamba. It's a short form of a line which is Tamba Mwemwen, which is in Barambi, my local language, which translates to purify my heart. This song actually is a prayer. I grew up in Cameroon and people in the community, you know, love this prayer and they'll sing it a lot. So I thought, well, kind of like an homage to my <laughs> spiritual upbringing and spirituality and growing and saying prayers with you know, people in the community, I said, well, I should do my own rendition of, uh, of that prayer. And it's a prayer that says, oh God, refresh and gladden my spirit, purify my heart. And to me, the prayer, you know, is a reminder of whenever we feel ourselves caught up, you know, in the challenges of the world, we can just go to that prayer because it's so, it touches the heart, you know, it says, you're asking God basically to say, well, you know, purify my heart, cleanse me of all these attachments. You know, I, I love so many lines of, of that prayer. You know, one of them says, I will not dwell on the unpleasant things of life. I'll be a happy and joyful being. So I thought this is it's just a fantastic prayer. And I wanted to pay homage to my spiritual upbringing and, you know, saying prayers in the community fashion. And uh, so I did a rendition, my rendition of this prayer. Yeah. So, and I titled it Tamba in my local language, Parambi. Oh God, refresh and gladden my spirit, purify my heart, illumine my powers, I lay face in thy hand Thou art my God and my refuge I will no longer be sorrowful and grieve I will be a happy and joyful being, O oh God No longer be full of anxiety Nor will I let trouble rest me
So tell me about the song Family Member. Oh, this is a song, it brings a lot of memories. I wrote this song a long time ago when I was in Cameroon. It was kind of a thing I had with my, my sister, my immediate uh, junior. Her name is Tahere. And she's a fantastic musician. She has, she has a great voice. And I remember we, we had this kind of like little, you know, sibling competition who would write a song. And so, and whenever we get ready to go for a Baha'i youth conference, because in Cameroon, they encourage the youth from different communities to present artistic things. So we like, yeah, we'll do some songs. And I was like, okay, my sister, she's, she's, she has a song and I have to write a song. And the song is based on this idea, my idea of what the Baha'i faith teaches, you know, this idea of we are all members of one human family. Baha'u'llah says that the earth is but one country and mankind is citizens. Here are the fruits of one tree and the leaves of one branch. And I thought, well, if we look at the world as one human family, what would that world look like? And so I wrote the song from a perspective of, uh, of like a child yearning, you know, to be in this great human family. And so I wrote the song called uh, Family Member. So it's my way of looking at the world as a family member and me belonging to that human family. I want to be member in the family. Family of love, family of unity, that great family. I want to be a member in the family. Family of love, family of unity, that great family. Family member, family, 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 family member, family member, family, 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 family member. Went away, went away, went away, went away. In that family, there is no injustice, but peace and harmony, love and unity. In that family, there is no injustice, but peace and harmony, love and unity. So Gustav, tell me about the song, Whither Can a Lover Go? Whither Can a Lover Go? It's one of those mystical, poetic songs for me. Uh, Whither Can a Lover Go? is a direct quotation from... Uh, the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. Uh, Baha'u'llah, the prophet of the Baha'i faith, wrote this. It's a little book, but I think it's it's one of those books that is packed with insights and is very mystical, is very poetic. And I always loved reciting and memorizing, you know, the hidden words. And being someone who is very lazy in memorizing things, <laughs> I thought the best way for me to remember anything that I want to memorize is to put into a song. And so this is one of my favorite of uh, the Baha'u'llah's hidden words. And I said, well, I should put it into a song. So I decided to put uh, these hidden words into a song. And the hidden word says, Oh, son of justice, whither can a lover go but to the land of his beloved? And what seeker findeth rest away from its heart's desire to the true lover 
Reunion is life and separation is death. His breast is void of patience, his heart hath no peace. A myriad lives he would forsake to hasten to the abode of his beloved. And for me, that was really a capturing image of this description of what mystics and poets always refer to, this relationship between us and God, you know, God being the beloved and us being the lovers, and that our goal, our yearning, is to be in the presence of our beloved. And in this case, our beloved is God and us being the lovers. So that's um, the song, uh, Whither Can Lover Go? Can a lover go to the land of his beloved? Whither can a lover go to the land of his beloved? To the true lover, reunion is life. Separation is death. Express is void of patience His heart hath no peace A myriad lives he would forsake To hasten to the abode of his beloved Can a lover go to the land of his beloved? Whither can a lover go to the land of his beloved? To the true lover, reunion is life. Separation is death. Press is void of patience His heart hath no peace A myriad lives he would forsake To hasten to the abode of his beloved Can a lover go, but to the land of his beloved, 
To the true lover, reunion is life. Separation is death. His breast is void of patience. His heart hath no peace. A myriad lives. Forsake to hasten to the abode of his beloved. All right. So why don't you tell me about the first song on the CD called "Created Noble"? Created Noble. Yeah, this is a song that Ali Yousafi did. I love the song. It's also from one of the, the, the writings of the Baha'i Faith. And it's this idea that we are all created noble as humans. And some of the Christian scriptures, for example, the Bible says that uh, we're created in the image of God. And if we're created in the image of God, therefore we are noble. And we thought, you know, that's, that's the message, you know, we want to share. Because it's the first song. And we want anyone who's listening to the CD the first thing that comes to the mind is this idea that we're created noble and nobility is inherent in every one of us. And so it's something we have to carry with us. And yeah, so that's, that's my look at that uh, song, Created Noble, you know, mm-hmm. by uh, Ali. Thee. 
Been a number of years since you produced the CD with Ali and yes. Pam. Mm-hmm. And so what have you been doing since then? We produced The Flight. This was in 2009. 2009, 10 and 11, I took a break for about two years and, and a half. I didn't travel. But I've been traveling now and you know, going to different communities and giving presentations. And right now I'm working on a my first uh, solo album. So I'm putting the resources together to record my first solo album because all the albums I've done in the past have been collaborations with different musicians and I wanted to do something solo. And yeah, I have the songs for the project written and it's just putting the resources together to record the songs. And uh, recently, not too long ago, I think this was in August, I released uh, the title track, or the title song for the album called Shadows. The CD, when I, when I have it produced, hopefully soon, <laughs> uh, will be called Shadows. And for me, it's an exploration of the principle in the Baha'i faith of the equality of men and women. I'd always been intrigued by this uh, principle. Is, you know, growing up as a young man in a society in Cameroon, which is male-dominant, and you learn in the Baha'i faith the idea of the equality of men and women, I've always been intrigued of how that plays out and what are the contributions we can make and what is my role as a man in the promotion of the rights of women. And being an artist, I thought, well, the best I can do is to come up with an album on that on that theme. And so I started writing songs based on this idea. And so Shadows is kind of like the exploration of, you know, the the suffering, the challenges, the triumphs, and, you know, the future of the contribution that women can make in um, bringing about prosperity and peace and tranquility to the world. And I think now it's becoming apparent 
that there's no way humanity can prosper without the contribution of women. And so if we empower women, we are actually hastening you know, the achievement of peace. In the Baha'i writings, Abdul Baha gives this wonderful explanation of what you know, equality of men and women is. And he says that if you regard the world of humanity as a bird, you know, one wing is man and the other wing is woman. And until both wings are equally strong, the bird would not be able to fly. So just imagine you know, what the world would be like if we do offer and give women the same rights and opportunities that men have been enjoying for so long. Around the world, we've deprived women of their rights, we've deprived women of their you know, vital contribution in making society a better place. And to me as an artist, I think it's my responsibility to give a voice to you know, the social concerns of the day. And I think for me, this is one area that I'm really interested in and I wanted to do something about it. And as an artist and as a you know, songwriter, you know, writing songs to me is one of the best ways I express my thoughts and my, my concerns. And so I wrote this, um, this album and so I'm in the process of recording it. And so now I have the song Shadows Online and people can go to my website. Well, Gustav, thank you so much for sharing your music and your life with us. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Gustav Busungu, traveling drummer and musician. You can find his work at gbusungu.com. That's G-B-E-S-U-N-G-U.com. You can find this interview and other interviews at www.abahaiperspective.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for A Baha'i Perspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website www.baha'i.org or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.